Hey y'all, my name is Cliff Watson, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Emerging, the official podcast of the Tron Limited Costa Five Rivers Program, brought to you by Sims Fishing Products. This is the second episode of a two-part series on the Lower Snake River and the four dams preventing salmon and steelhead from living in their natural habitat. In this episode, we talk to Asa Menlove and Shiva Rajbandari of the Youth Salmon Protectors. The Youth Salmon Protectors are a coalition of young people in the Pacific Northwest and beyond dedicated to saving wild Columbia River salmon and steelhead. Stay tuned to learn more about this awesome organization and how you can make a difference in the issues you care about. We hope you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, be sure to send them to fiverivers at tu.org. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Hey there, Asa and Shiva. Welcome to the Emerging Podcast. Uh, Libby and I are super happy to have you guys here. Really excited to hear what you have to say about the Youth Salmon Protectors. Uh, So we'll go ahead and get started. And Asa, I'll have you introduce yourself first, and then Shiva, you can go next. And just a little bit about where you live, where you're from, what you like to do, your favorite fish to target. And then uh, we'll talk about your role with the Youth Salmon Protectors, and then we'll get into what that is. So go ahead, Asa. Right on. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super psyched to be here. Uh, like Cliff said, my name is Asa Menlove. Um, and let's see, I grew up in Boise, Idaho, which is uh, definitely home for me. I've spent a little bit of time in Bellingham, Washington as a student. Um, and I'm currently taking some time away from uh, college to do a little bit of traveling. Um, and let's, I'm so sorry. What, what were the other questions? <laughs> no, you're good. Okay. Uh, what do you like to fish for? Uh, that's a, that's a good one. I think definitely my favorite, uh, fish that I've been fortunate enough to encounter has been steelhead for sure. Nice. I think for me, nothing beats, uh, and for steelhead. Cool. Whether it's, uh, yeah. Rivers in Idaho or out on the coast. It's yeah. Awesome. Tough to beat for sure. Nice. What about you, Shiva? Yeah. Uh, I'm Shiva. I'm, I'm from Boise, Idaho. Um, and I, I use him pronouns. I'm a, I'm a junior in high school. Um, and I'm certainly not as experienced of a fisherman as uh, Asa. So I'm just going to say my uh, my mm-hmm. favorite fish target would be like <laughs> rainbow trout because that's the only thing I can catch. But <laughs> Hey, those are cool. <laughs> super happy to be here. <laughs> nice. When did you start fishing, Shiva? Uh, I've been fishing with my grandpa since I was like five. Okay. Um, but really like with my friends – over the last couple of years for sure nice asa how about you you've been fishing for a while i yeah uh i think pretty much as soon as i was old enough to like comprehend right some of the the actions of doing it um yeah both my folks uh grew up fishing and i have like uncles and aunts who are really into it too so it's definitely been a family thing since i was young nice and how did you two meet how did we meet i think <laughs> we met at uh Idaho Conservation League, I think, was probably the first time that I met Yeshiva for some youth activism event uh, that we were doing. Yeah, it was, like, super random. Like, I, like, attended, Asa was, like, doing this presentation with some of his friends on, like, some of the conservation issues in Idaho and, like, what students could do to get involved. And I think I just, like, saw it on social media and I, like, showed up, um, which is really cool. I don't know if I could still do that. Like, that's, like... (laughs) 
<laughs> that takes a lot, but um, I just showed up and I like um, kind of connected. So it was yeah, pretty cool. That's great. It's funny how like fearless we are. Just like a couple of years in the past, right? And when you're yeah, wanting exactly. to get into stuff like that, you just send it. No, no questions asked. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Shiva, it sounds like you're the director of the Youth Samurai Protectors and Asa, you're the founder. Um, so Shiva, why don't you go ahead and tell us about what the Youth Samurai Protectors is and, and what's all entailed in that? Yeah, sorry, I, I think my wife is. No, you're yeah. good. Um, yeah, so Youth Samurai Protectors is a program of the Idaho Conservation League. Um, and, and we're this coalition of young people across the Northwest um, working to breach the four lower Snake River dams to save wild salmon and steelhead um, and, uh, you know, make communities whole across Idaho, Oregon, and Washington and the Columbia River Basin. Um, and I think that kind of looks like a lot of things, um, but basically, you know, we're, we're high school and college students who um, really care about uh tribal justice, climate justice, and, and species conservation, and want to make a difference and, and make sure that these fish are still around, um, these fish and everything they mean for our communities are still around, um, you know, for our, our children's lives. It's a great mission. Is it, um, are there more, are the people spread out more than just the Idaho area and Washington area? How, how big does it, does it reach, I guess? Yeah, we're a coalition of about 2,000 uh, students. Wow. Um, we've got this really big base, um, in Idaho and some diaspora around uh, fr- from Boise um, that uh, left and went, went to college um, with ACES generation, which has been really cool. Sure. Um, and we're really working to establish new chapters, um, especially in like Portland and, and Bend um, and Olympia. Um, but right now we've got this, this big chapter in Boise and then some people dispersed all across the Northwest. Wow. That's awesome. Asa, how did the, uh, the founding process go? When did you start Youth Salmon Protectors and why did you decide to do that? Yeah, so I think, um, I'm trying to recall here, I think it kind of just like, like conceptualized kind of out of thin air. Uh, it just like was a, a thing that needed to happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so then somehow it was just a thing. Um, but I was working for Idaho Conservation League as their youth engagement coordinator last spring. Um, and this was following a year spent uh, working closely with ICL uh, as like an intern. Um, and then so I was, I was employed by them as the youth engagement coordinator. And I would say that my biggest passion when it comes to environmental activism on the whole uh, definitely refined down to salmon and steelhead issues and specifically things that are happening uh, on the lower snake. And so I guess I kind of saw an opportunity there to just project not only my voice, but the voices of others uh, like Shiva and a bunch of other folks uh, locally. Um, and so I think it's it started out as like an Instagram page where I was just spreading information about the issue and I would make these like infographic type things and post them and, you know, basically – as an attempt just to educate my peers on what was going on uh, with the lower snake and more importantly, what needed to happen in order to uh, recover these populations of wild fish. And then from there we started doing letter writing workshops. And I think at the first couple, there were probably like 10 or 15 kids who would show up and then the next few, like more and more. 
and it, I guess it was just kind of a snowball effect. Uh, and then by the end of my time there, uh, I was working closely with a bunch of folks from Seattle and other parts of Washington and other parts of Oregon to essentially conduct these web events where, uh, we would bring people together and educate them about the issue and then essentially mobilize them with the activism tools that they needed to get involved. Awesome. What year did you say you started doing it? Do you remember? Yeah, this would have been, uh, I think it was February of last year. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, since then till, till now, I mean, y'all have 2000 members now that's incredible growth. So that's really cool. So hats off to you guys for that. That's, that's awesome. Um, what inspired you Asa to really care about steelhead and salmon conservation issues? What was, what about it makes you want to be involved there and want to protect those resources? Totally. I think for me, um, I grew up in a very ecologically minded family, uh, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Both of my parents and extended family have been invested in uh, conservation work and environmentalism pretty much for the entire length of my life uh, and then spanning back well into theirs as well. And yeah, so I think the main inspiration for me definitely stemmed a lot from experiences that I've had in wild places uh, with my family. Growing up, I spent a lot of time on the rivers and mountains in Idaho, and those experiences are foundational to who I am as a person, and those experiences would not be possible were it not for the sacrifice that anadromous fish make when they return to spawn each year, because uh, as you all know, the that process of nutrient dispensation into the entire ecosystem is like fundamentally crucial to Mm -hmm. the well-being of the ecosystem and and without that uh pretty much every ecosystem in idaho that i've had you know important experiences with uh would not have existed the same way so that was definitely a driving factor for me was to to try and not only protect these fish but to protect the ecology that they support which is so vast Absolutely. It's awesome that your family got you out there. That's key to getting, getting people excited about the environment. Get, get your kids out there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shiva, what inspired you to get involved and, and to love this issue of, of salmon and, and steelhead protection? Yeah. Um, my grandpa's told me stories um, since like, as long as I can remember about like these fish and he used to cry about, you know, like how like there literally used to be streams painted like red um every year when these salmon returned and now um now there's nothing you know redfish lake is not red anymore salmon river doesn't have salmon um and and that definitely got me interested and i think this is definitely like a very big opportunity that we have to really right a lot of the wrongs that we've seen in the the northwest especially in regards to uh indigenous communities and um ecology and um, kind of the footprint that that humans have had um, along the Columbia River Basin. Um, I think one thing that like really speaks to me when I talk about like why I care so much about about salmon actually kind of happened in the middle of this this journey um, I was on with with these salmon protectors. Um, It was like mid-July and the the Lummi Nation, the Clackamas tribe, they have their, their house of tears 
um, totem carvers were taking this this big totem pole across the country to sacred indigenous sites that were that were being threatened, um, and then in the very end, I think they delivered it to uh, Secretary of Interior Deb Haaland um, in in Washington D.C. And um, I I went there with my friend to to Fort Hall um, to to hear from the uh, the carvers and hear their stories and, and see the um, totem pole. And this man got up and, and he was telling a story about um, about how he had a dream that he was a, a salmon and, and he was saying you know he had this dream he was a smolt and he you know went down the stream backwards to the ocean and then swam back up and um, now an adult and, and laid eggs. Um, and at the time I was like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> like you can say whatever you want about a dream. Um, but a, a few weeks later I had my own kind of dream. I was walking in, in Boise. We have this canal, uh, called the New York canal and it's kind of up on an elevated hill. And I was walking the base of that canal with my dad. Um, and it was like late summer and the sun was kind of setting, but you know, the, the, the grass was yellow. Um, and I run up the, the hill to the canal and I look in the water and there's all these red fish in the canal and I jump in the water and I go under and, and these fish are swimming all around me. Um, and I'm actually swimming upstream um, and, and the fish are swimming downstream, which is, I don't know, you can take what you, you want from that. <laughs> and I come out of the water and it's no longer a canal. I'm, I'm standing in this river and there's like trees on both sides. Um, and uh, it's, it's like a canyon and, there, and there's fish jumping. It's like, and I'm yelling at my dad. I'm like, dad, come here. You have to see this. Um, and then in my head, I'm like, how can this be? What, what just happened? Like, um, and I, I guess it was a dream. So anything can happen. Right. <laughs> but I knew at that time, I knew that the four lower snake river dams had been breached. Um, and then I woke up and I was like, wow, like, you know, that's a sign. I, I need to, to be invested and involved in, um, in making this happen because there's so much opportunity here. Yeah. It's a really cool, really cool dream and really cool. And I love how it's such a decisive point that really alters, <laughs> know, it maybe didn't alter your path, but it gave you a lot of direction, I feel like. Right. And I feel yeah. like that direction is really powerful. So for you, Shiva, why does this issue matter? Why like deep down does this issue carry so much weight and so much importance to you as a person? I think that, you know, the U S in many ways is like, this land of broken promises, um, especially for indigenous people um, in the West. And there are treaties that were made, you know, in the late 19th century that indigenous communities across the, on, on the Columbia River Basin would have access at their accustomed fishing spots. And we're not taking away their accustomed fishing spots, but, you know, we kind of find a way to weasel out of, of those trees if we're killing the fish that belong there. Um, and I think that that more than anything, we have to fix or else in 50 years, you know, when the salmon are extinct, we'll look back and say, wow, you know, um, I think this is also an opportunity to, to talk about, um, investing in, in transportation and, and thinking about the future of, of the Northwest energy grid. Um, and I think, you know, Sam and Steelhead, as Asa said, are so keystone, 137 different animals and, you know, countless other 
organisms depend on these fish and the sacrifice they make when, you know, their carcasses fertilize our forests here, here in Idaho and, and Eastern Washington and Oregon. Um, we have to save these animals. Absolutely. Asa, what for you is the real driving factor? Like, why is this issue so important? Why, why should people really care about this? I think I, uh, I would absolutely echo everything that Shiva has talked about. Um, you know, like I was talking about before, I think the ecological aspect of it is undeniable. Um, I mean, obviously, without these fish, the entire American West ceases to be what it has been since time immemorial. And then beyond that, I think, as Shiva was talking about, the cultural importance to tribal peoples and indigenous peoples of these fish is immeasurable. Um, and I, I think that this is a real opportunity to, you know, it's, it's difficult to articulate, but mm -hmm. perhaps uh, work to undo some of the horrific effects of colonialism that have plagued these indigenous people, and I, I hesitate to use the word plague, maybe. Um, I don't know exactly what the term is, but right. of course, you know, colonization and colonialism have made life for indigenous people in this country so much more difficult than it has been since time immemorial. And uh, I think that the four lower stems are a continuous, a excuse me, a continuation of mm -hmm. colonization. Um, and let's see, one, one of my professors at school told me once that colonization is not an event, but an act. And that really struck home with me, I think. And I think that that's a very applicable example, or maybe this is an example of that concept in that each day that we do not remove the four lower snake river dams, we are continuing a history of colonization and colonialism. Uh, and to me, that's just fundamentally unacceptable. And I think that that's one of the biggest wrongs uh, that we could possibly be con uh, committing at this point. And so I think that in order for any justice, whether it's ecological justice or economic justice for these communities who depend on these fish, it would be incomplete without tribal justice. Um, and so for me, salmon rights and river rights are human rights uh, when it comes down to it. And so I think that's, that's for me, the pinnacle of importance. Um, and then of course, you know, economically these fish contribute hugely to the economies uh, throughout the Pacific Northwest through recreation and, and all this other stuff. It's a multi-billion dollar industry and so there's lots of people uh, who depend on these fish for their livelihood. And I think that's another important aspect for sure, not to be overlooked. Um, and that was kind of rambly. So I no, apologize yeah. for that. But, no, those are, but yeah, that's those are powerful answers. And I can feel the drive that you both feel. So Shiva, we heard a little bit earlier about how Youth Salmon Protectors started and, you know, letter writing and an Instagram page and all that stuff. What is Youth Salmon Protectors now? What do you do to protect salmon and steelhead in this day and age? Yeah, I think what is really beautiful about our organizing is that it, 
it is so inclusive and so encompassing of the skills that young people have. Um, I think there's like a place for art and we do a lot of art, um, you know, painting murals, painting signs, painting banners. Um, there's a place for civil disobedience and direct action. Um, you know, and we do a lot of that too, going to, to senators' offices, um, hanging up banners and uh, blocking streets. Uh, and I think there's there's a place for for talking. And we do a lot of that too. We've met with Senator Crapo, Congressman Simpson, um, Chairman Wheeler of the, of the Nez Perce tribe, um, and, and um, you know, we delivered thousands of, of postcards to elected officials across the Northwest and um, and in the Biden administration. And so, so there's a place for everyone really to to come together on the, on this issue and uh, and make change. Um, I think our organizing what's really different about the way that Youth Salmon Protectors organizes as compared to this coalition that that's existed, you know, since the 1990s, people have been trying to uh, remove the four large snake river dams is that um, we're telling a story that I think hasn't been told or is often overlooked. Um, I think when people think of fish, uh, uh, when, when white people think of fish in the Northwest, they think of other white people, typically like old white men, uh, you know, who, who like to go fishing, like my grandpa. Um, when really this is primarily a tribal justice issue. Um, and, and that story has not been told. Um, and, and secondarily, it's a youth issue, you know? Um, I think that as a generation, um, we feel this sense of loss that can't even be like described um, when it comes to ecological issues and and specifically with with salmon, because I think there's a difference when you when you see something and then you know it no longer exists um, because at least you got to see it, right? Mm -hmm. But for us, just imagining what it was like to see millions of of fish coming up each year, um, you know, you couldn't even walk across the river without stepping on a on a right. on a salmon. <laughs> I think that, you know, knowing that we will, we may never ever get the opportunity to, to have that experience, that is a sense of loss for our generation. Um, and so that's kind of, that's kind of what our organizing looks like, yeah. Sure. Can you tell me a little bit more about the banners and maybe what you write on them, where you put them, and, and why that's really important? Yeah, I think what's cool about banners is you can, you can hang up every. You can hang them up anywhere, and people can't really tell you what to do with them. Um, and then they're also like this opportunity to bring a lot of people together. Um, so we'll we'll take we'll go down to the thrift store, get some sheets, um, and and paint them uh, with you know colorful slogans and and art. And um, we get like groups of like fifteen kids together, or sometimes we'll go into classrooms and and and, um, and paint them. And then afterwards, we can ship them out. Um, to, for example, our, our diaspora in colleges, um, we can ship our banners. I think there's one up in Bellingham with, with Joe Asa, um, which I'm excited about. Um, and that's a way to get the word out to people who might not know about this issue or might not care and, and show that, Hey, young people, we're here. We demand action uh, and we're going to be up in your face about it. Um, and so I think, yeah, definitely banners are, are a really cool way to bring people together and, um, and, and make change. 
Definitely. Yeah, I like them too because they're great for a social media post too. You know, it, it looks really profound. It sticks out on the white sheet and everything. Can you like give us an example of something you might write on a banner? Uh, I think we always start with honor tribal treaties. Okay. Because that's, you know, like I said, that's something that's kind of been left out. And then typically something like free the, free the lower snake river, mm-hmm. um, save wild salmon, um, or, or sometimes we'll call out an elected official. So we've done some to like Senator Crapo oh, okay. or um, Governor Inslee, save wild salmon, honor tribal treaties, free the snake river, something like that. But normally it's, sure. you know, these sheets are huge, especially right. if you're sewing them together. So you have a lot of space to write stuff. And then on the bottom, we'll all sign it um, <laughs> or, or write it Instagram or something and, and draw some cool um, salmon or, or kind of just whatever salmon mean to us um, in our ecology. Awesome. Asa, when... Uh... When you started Youth Salmon Protectors, did y'all do banners or did you go a different route? I think the first banner that we did, uh, she was there. I think it it was, I'm trying to remember exactly what the timeline was. I believe it was late May, 2021. Um, and so that was still when I was very much involved in the organizing. Um, but I think since then, the amount and Shiva can maybe answer this better, but the amount of bannering has definitely increased um, as well as the complexity of the bannering. I think our first one just said save salmon breach dams or mm-hmm. something like that. Cause we ran out of room. Um, <laughs> we were going for something longer but then we had to, we had to plan B it. Um, but no, I think the, the initial organizing was very much geared around letter writing uh, mm-hmm. because that was a time when uh, Congressman Mike Simpson had just released his Columbia Basin Initiative. Right. And so at that point in time, the push was really on letting elected officials know through letter writing primarily that uh, their constituents want the four lower Snake River dams breached. And so that was our main focus at that point. Um, and then since then, I think we have been increasingly maybe more frustrated with elected officials as they continue to be inactive uh, when they have such shining opportunities to take action, like getting on board with uh, what Congressman Simpson is doing. And so I think maybe the organizing has maybe shifted to more uh, in-your-face tactics, mm-hmm. like Sheba was saying, Yeah, which I think is great. Yeah, awesome. I'm very fond of that. Yeah, I was, was sort of segues into my next question, but, you know, how do you feel uh, things are going for you salmon protectors after you've, you know, you've sort of left it to be to Shiva and everything? Are you, you happy with the direction? Now, I don't mean to like bring up any riff or anything here, <laughs> but what do you yeah. think about it? Oh man. Yeah, I could not be happier. Cool. I, uh, it really like Shiva and everyone who's taken leadership roles with it now has have done such incredible work. And I'm so grateful to everyone who's, who has any role in the organization, you know, no matter how big or small. I, uh, when I was beginning on this journey, I didn't really imagine it. Well, I don't know. I didn't really imagine it at all. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just kind of a thing that like in the moment felt necessary. And so we just started just kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. And so to see it, flourish into what it is now uh like shiva said with like thousands and thousands of cons- or not constituents but uh members mm-hmm. you know 
across the Northwest is more than I ever like could have imagined. And so, yeah, I like am blown away by the work that Shiva and everyone else is doing and like continue to be so psyched about what's in store for the future. Um, nice. And I think, yeah, I think bigger things are on the way, hopefully. So good. I love hearing that. It's cool to see. Why did you decide to call it youth SAMR protectors? Um, you know, I, I, we've talked about youth a little bit here and there, but I'd love to hear, you know, from you as the founder, why did you think that that was so important? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I think, um, I maybe didn't put as much thought into the name as I could have. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I'm unhappy with it. I think it, I think it works very well because it's, you know, pretty cut and dry. We are youth protecting salmon and all that they represent. Um, and so I think it, it definitely serves its purpose in explaining who we are and what we're trying to do. And then I, I think it's also, uh, important to hmm, let's see where do I want to go with this um I think that the word protectors is important Mm -hmm. just because that's like kind of the epitome of what I feel we're doing you know we're we're defending we're protecting something that we truly care about um and so I thought that was important to include as well. And then I think it just kind of came together like that after that. Yeah, that's great. Shiva, why do you think youth is so important to this issue and should be representing the name, but also the member base is very youth oriented? Why is why does youth matter here? Yeah. Well, I think as far as nomenclature goes, that stuff doesn't matter, <laughs> I think. Um, and one thing that, that, you know, when Asa was talking about banners, I was thinking, I was like, well, you know, as young people, we're looking at what um, what has been done over the last 30 years on this issue. And yeah, they, they've, you know, we've kind of changed the way we talk about it. it. It used to be maybe we should breach the dams. Now it's like, yes, we need to breach the dams by next year, by 2030. Um, but really, I think that this like old white man story of salmon in the Northwest has failed. Um, and it is time that new stories are told. Um, and I think that as young people, we have this like really strong organizing capacity to kind of do whatever the hell we want and, and quit mm-hmm. taking orders from people who are literally, you know, failing our generation and, and failing uh, indigenous people on the Columbia River Basin. Um, so I think that it is so important that, that youth are an integral part of this coalition. As far as the nomenclature, I'm not particularly concerned with that. I've, right. I've attended some calls where all they talk about is, do we say free the snake or is that fallacial? Or, or do we yeah. say free yeah. the lower snake or, you know, or <laughs> save the salmon? Who cares? Right. Let's get it done. We don't have that much time, you know? Yeah. Um, so th- that's kind of my sentiment on that. But I, I, I do think that it is important that young people are in places of, you know, policymaking every step of the way, especially on environmental issues, which really are youth issues. Definitely. We're the stakeholders here. It's to be a young person and watch people sit on their ASS is quite frustrating. Um, I don't know why I just didn't curse. It's fine to curse on this podcast. I think I should have just said it. Um, but it, no, it's true. And and we we deserve to have a voice and we deserve to be heard. So it's really important. 
Yeah, I was talking with some Charter Limited uh, staff people before we recorded this episode, and they work um, really, really closely on um, uh, TU's efforts on on this issue. And, and they were just saying how, like, it's – Trying to appeal to to youth to get them involved in this issue is so so much different because um, it's serious and it's something that we like. I say we. I know I'm like a little bit older than you guys, but I'm like lumping us all in here. Uh, <laughs> but it affects us differently because like if things go south, like we're the generation that has to um, try to recover that and has to live with that for the rest of our lives. And we're you know like you said, making up for the mistakes of of people before us, but. Also, there's just this huge opportunity in front of us to where, you know, if this if this goes right and if the dams are removed, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be the people that get to um, reap the benefits of that and get to, to experience that in all of its glory. And so I think that just the um, the way that, you know, your your movement is targeted towards um, kind of meeting youth where they're at and engaging them in um, new and creative ways that haven't really been uh, been used before. I think that that's very important and probably why um, it's been so successful so far. Yeah. Shiva, what can, you know, Five Rivers students do or, you know, just people across the country do that maybe aren't, you know, in the, the very local vicinity of the Snake River? You know, what can we do to help you guys? Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, right now we are in, well, politicians mm-hmm. as politicians do are in this like waiting period um which means that we need to be organizing um congressman simpson has taken his columbia basin initiative and is packaging it as legislation which is poised to come out in june um, senator murray um, from washington governor inslee from washington and i think they're teaming up with oregon senators merkley and wyden are also drafting their own legislation and in the meantime, the Biden administration and uh, the state of Oregon and the Nez Perce tribe have reached the stay in litigation, which the state of Oregon and the Nez Perce tribe were, were suing the administration to try to increase the spill um, over the four Lower Snake River dams, um, you know, again, because of the treaty rights. Um, so we've got the stay in litigation. We have two pieces of legislation that are coming up in Congress, and we need to form this broad coalition um, with um, with members in really every state um, talking to their elected officials about why this issue is important to them. And I think what's really cool and something that I've kind of learned um, in, in this journey is that everyone can relate to this issue. Um, you don't have to be a fisherman. You don't have to live in the Northwest. Um, I went to Alzer School, which is up in Cascade, Idaho, um, and talked to students about about this issue and, and we painted a banner, um, which was really sick. And um, they're, they're, these are students from all around the world um, and mostly the East Coast of the United States. Um, and all of them, you know, we asked, we were like, well, you know, how can you connect to this issue? And all of them had something to say about why, you know, how salmon fit into their lives, whether it's, you know, we are salmon pushing up against the the flow of the current mm-hmm. or, or whether that, you know, they have this connection with the outdoors or, or the water um, or fish. Um, everyone can kind of relate to this issue. Um, and, you know, we need people across the country, you know, calling their elected officials saying, Hey, you know, check in with Congressman Simpson, um, support this, uh, the bills to breach the four lower snake river dams. And then also writing letters 
to um, Secretary of Interior Deb Haaland and the Biden administration, reminding them of the importance of this issue for Americans um, and reminding them of our country's promises to indigenous people, which have not always been upheld. Absolutely. Really good advice. And we will make sure to you know get all the information about USAM protectors into the the link in the description of the podcast and everything. So well, that they I should can, say you can yeah. go you can go to our website usamprotectors.org yep. or our Instagram at usamprotectors. And actually, we have a link now where you can order postcards for your elected officials um, and and the Biden administration, and then also some other tools. If you know if you want some stickers or you want to get involved, um, there's there's plenty you can do. And don't be scared that we are affiliated with the Idaho Conservation League. This is very much a national campaign and a national issue. Definitely. And if some, you know, a group or somebody wanted to get a banner, is that something that they could work with y'all with and, you know, connect with you through Instagram or something like that? Yep. A hundred percent. You can tell by DM us um, or there's a contact us form on, on our, on our website um, or however you, you want to get in touch. And we'd be more than happy to send you a banner. Cool. Asa, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any advice for, uh, another young person, maybe in a different part of the country or world that, you know, feels there's some issue they're strongly connected to and wants to make some change through it, you know, wants to be a positive impact and, and create some change. Because you've done an incredible job of taking that first step and getting the ball rolling with the Youth Samurai Protectors. And, you know, do you have any advice for somebody that's maybe struggling to find out how to pursue that and how to get the ball rolling? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, where I found success was I'm trying to recall exactly like what was the initial thing that kind of pushed me over the edge as far as committing to this, uh, with a large chunk of my time and energy. And I think it was the positive feedback that I received, um, on some early Instagram posts that I made concerning salmon and the lower snake river. Um, you know, this was an issue that I hadn't, a pretty complex understanding of. Um, but I felt that a lot of my peers did not really have that understanding just because they weren't brought up in families who had connections to it or for whatever reason, uh, they just weren't super looped in. And so I guess like when I started posting about it on social media, trying to raise awareness and, uh, you know, I, I, being able to see in real time the response of the community to that, uh, and the desire to become involved that, certainly was an instigator in me uh, taking that next step and, you know, formalizing this as a group or a community or organization. And so I think my advice to young people anywhere would be talk to these issues that you're passionate, talk with your friends about these issues uh, that you're passionate about. And I think that that, you know, as basic as it may seem can be a real foundational first step in getting the ball rolling because as soon as you have like, you know, six or seven people who, who care about the issue uh, and you, you can, you know, advertise the issue through all of those folks. Um, I think that the, the ripple effect is kind of exponential as far as where it can go. Uh, and we've seen that absolutely with youth salmon protectors. Um, you know, in the, in the early stages we were just getting together once a week or so to like write letters. Um, and each time more and more people showed up to the events because each time more and more people understood the issue and made it a point to get involved. Um, 
and, and so I think, you know, just having those conversations with your friends or your family about the issue and why it's important to you uh, can be very profound as far as the effect that it can have on the community. Yeah, and I, I don't know, maybe Shiva has something to add to that too. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Shiva? I think that inside of all of us, um, there's a spark. Um, and there is a salmon, really, at all of us, um, which is ready to push up against the current and go make something really great um, in the forest 900 miles upstream. And I think that you just have to trust yourself and go with your gut and know what you're passionate about. Um, and I, I would say that our generation is so well prepared for this kind of activism. Um, you know, we are so connected. Um, we are so uplifting. We are so aware of, you know, the issues that, you know, face our, our country and our world that we are able to like organize really quickly um, and make real change really, really quickly. And people will tell you, old people, old white men will tell you about how, you know, you have to work in the bureaucracy and, oh, I can't do this because of this. And Senator Rich, who's a senator from Idaho, who, you know, we all love, um, he'll send you a, a letter about how the sea lions are killing the, the salmon and not the dams. And you just have to keep pushing um, and um, keep an open mind. And I think that all of us can be an activist and all of us can make something really great. So, But I 100% agree with, with Asa about you know, I think the power of social media and just your personal network um, in order to to do something like this. Um, really, all of us have have kind of those tools. That's great advice. And I don't know, I think it was uh, Dory that said this, but just keep swimming and constantly just keep swimming. And that seems like what y'all, what y'all are uh, pushing for. So I think that's really good advice for young people. And we definitely feel a lot of barriers sometimes, especially when we enter the political process. I mean, given the fact that anyone under 18 can't even vote, you know, that's, that's quite an effect on us not being able to have a voice. So there's a lot of other ways though, to use our voice, to support people like you and hang a banner up or make a social media post or call a Senator and whatever it might be. So that's great advice. Um, anything y'all want to add in before we wrap stuff up here? I think just thank you for having okay. us on, yeah. for lifting up youth voices, especially on this issue, which I think needs to be talked more, talked about more on a national level. Um, and totally keep us in the loop with um, stuff going on at TU and Five Rivers um, because I'm sure there's other issues, you know, that maybe need support from over here in the Northwest um, that uh, could definitely use a boost. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I would totally just echo everything that, that Shiva has said. Um, it's been super cool for me to come back, uh, you know, come back from, from school for a little while and get to reconnect uh, not only with Shiva, but with Youth Sand Protectors on the whole. Um, and this podcast has been super cool for me just to like catch up with Shiva and see what he's up to and the rest of the organization is up to. Um, and it's been fantastic to talk with all of you. So thank you very much. Absolutely. It was great to have y'all here and we will make sure to, like I said, put everything to get in touch with y'all and to follow your mission and everything in the uh, podcast description. Um, and in the social media posts we put out, we'll make sure to tag you and everything. So thank you both very much for being here. It was great talking to you and, uh, yeah, I hope you have an incredible rest of your night and 
good luck with everything you're doing. You're doing great work, so keep it up. Likewise. Thank you.